Okay, we have to introduce ourselves, remember? Oh. Uh, I'm Christine Solomon. And I'm Aretha Gratrix, and together we are Solomatrix, a mother and daughter, daughter podcast duo. Yes. So, welcome to episode three. I know um, it's been a while. This time we weren't sick. I actually just forgot about it until, um, yeah, I just forgot. We're, well, we've been kind of busy. We're, we're busy with my school and exams and everybody's, we're trying to find a squeeze the time, right? Squeeze the time. And we normally record these on Sundays. Yeah. You know, when we're not doing much and, you know, just kind of playing our Facebook games, catching up on our TV shows and, um, yeah. We wanted to talk about a couple things and these are kind of things that we've, me and my mom have talked about a couple times, and I, I mean, I kind of really wanted to know and kind of talk about, because I think even in my own interactions of talking with people, I realize that this isn't common knowledge. You'd think it would be common knowledge, but it really isn't. And it's this whole idea of you ask a Native person any question and you just assume that's the truth for everyone and it really isn't because we have different tribes we have different languages we have different cultures and that's that idea of a pan-indian when you talk about no one who has no real identity or you know what i mean you just kind of group them all together into this indian person and and so sometimes you know non-native people ask native people things and just assume that's the truth. You know what I mean? When you when you have to take in consideration that, you know, we have a colonistic, like, uh, history. So some people weren't raised with the traditional background or the traditional knowledge. We're trying to reclaim it right now and trying to get back to our cultural roots. Some of us, but some of us don't want to. Some of us like being where we are. And when I say us, I don't mean me. I'm trying to reclaim who I am and, and get back to our history. But it's kind of hard for me because, you know, I'm kind of stuck between this place of I'm living in Edmonton, Alberta, or near Edmonton, Alberta, which is Treaty 6 territory. But I'm Treaty 9. So, like, my family is Hudson Bay, James Bay, but I'm not connected to anyone over there. Like, I... Like, I'm not with anyone from there. I'm, I'm not learning from anyone up there. All I know is Treaty 6 stuff, which technically isn't my territory. So, you know, it's, it's kind of trying to learn your cultural heritage through another tribe almost. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess through that, it's just this whole idea of, knowing that if you ask one native person they don't speak for all of us you can't just ask one person and assume that that's the truth for everyone and even you know i work for um i don't work for anymore but i'm i'm um, i'm a board member of an organization and that's one of the things we keep saying is no we're a voice for the aboriginal people but we are not the voice for the aboriginal people and that's when you get to people who are like trying to consult or engage the Aboriginal people. Sometimes they'll just call like an organization. They'll talk to some of the frontline people and they'll be like, you know, talk to maybe one or two of them, but their reach is vast, but they just assume 
that because they've talked to those couple people that they've engaged the Aboriginal people. When you, unless you talk to everyone or have some sort of, I guess, redefinition of what um, consult is and what engaging is, you can't really say you've engaged or consulted the Aboriginal people. So we wanted to talk a little bit about colonization and religion because I think sometimes people assume like there's a lot of us that were that were colonized we talk about colonization and basically it's about stripping away our own culture and religion and beliefs and replacing them with a more you know settler mindset and settler identity and so we kind of were indoctrinated into this religious belief and so I know in Hudson Bay, James Bay, we lived on a port. So, of course, you know, there's going to be, majority of the people are going to be religious and have um, religions that they have fo- had followed. But I, I, I find it different that we actually, as children, were not raised religious at all. And, I mean, we did go to Sunday school, but I don't think it was for the reason to be religious. It was just like, here's something to do on a Sunday afternoon. Go to the, go on the bus. <laughs> Join the gang. <laughs> Join you when you're in a townhouse complex. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I remember this yellow bus used to pull up to our townhouse complex on a Sunday at a certain time. And if you wanted to go to Sunday school, you would just get on this bus. Yeah. And so we'd get on the bus. And I remember we'd go to Sunday school. We'd watch these movies about Jesus and Maha. Like, um, what's his name? Who are those other people? I don't even know. <laughs> like, you know, like it would be these Sunday school things. And all I remember was I loved the raisins. They would give us these little raisin snack things. <laughs> and I would sit there just eating raisins. And some movie would be playing about some religious thing. And I'd be like, whatever, I'm all about these raisins. And so people just assume that either I was, you're either grew up traditional or you grew up religious. And the thing about it is, is I didn't grow up either. My parents didn't raise us in that way. And I remember my mother told me at one point, I don't know when it was, but she told me that her and my dad had decided that we as children were going to grow up and choose. and choose our own religious path and that religion shouldn't be put upon children, yeah. that children should just be able to choose what religion, be- beliefs that they wanted to have and just give them the time to discover that on their own. And so, yeah, so we, I wanted to talk about that because my mother was actually baptized an Anglican. Yeah. So tell us about tell us about tell us about that then. Well, grandpa well, especially well I was raised by my my dad's mom and she was religious. So she belonged to Anglican Church, which is where we got baptized. So that's a religion we were, we went to church and like she'd always take us to church every Sunday in this community called Musini, Ontario. We were so, everybody was into going to church. They made sure everyone went to church in the family. We all went together in church. And there's then all of a sudden, there's a new religious uh, group, another group called Pentecostals. Again, you know, they would 
no matter what religion it is, we'd always end up going to this uh, religion. Uh, I remember the Pentecostal. There was a there was a church called Pen Pentecostal. I remember all these other kids were sent, or they pick us up and go to together in this church. And uh, that one there was a Pentecostal. So I I remember going to that Pentecostal. And that was different. That's the first time I've ever went to this Pentecostal church. Oh my God. There was all this yelling and I didn't know what the church was all about and and these people were just throwing themselves on the floor and that really scared me because I didn't understand what religion what this religion is all about. So um, I only went to that church once and I did not like it. I just I only went to that church I, but then Sunday school Sunday school is different because they teach you a lot of you know the Bible and we drew pictures and watch movies. So one of the things that I found interesting was that I remember your your father although was a trapper and lived off the land and, and kind of had like religious I mean religious your father who lived off the land he he was religious like he went to Anglican he went to church even all the time but he did still have a lot of native beliefs like I remember that my grandfather never yelled at kids he did not believe that you should hit children or yell at children and and he was one of those people that if you yelled at a child in front of him, he'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Like, why are you yelling at them? They're just being kids. Don't let them, you know, just let them be kids. Like, why are you, why are you trying to wrangle them in? Like, they're, they're fine. Just leave them be. And he kind of had that attitude, which is a native attitude, because normally, you know, you're supposed to live life. You're supposed to let children be children you're supposed to let them fall and hurt themselves you know I mean don't let them hurt themselves so bad that they die but you know like you should be watching after everyone's children but also you should be allowing them to be children allowing them to play allowing them to do stuff yeah and so I remember that as a child and I used to actually threaten my mother because <laughs> My mother would sometimes yell at us. She wouldn't hit us, but she'd yell at us. And I'd be like, I'm going to tell Grandpa. <laughs> I'm going to tell Grandpa on you. And that would be my big threat to my mom. I'd be like, I'm going to tell Grandpa. Because my mom would get in trouble. My dad would be saying, why did you hit your child? Your daughter told me that you hit her. Now I had to explain that one. You, so that I, you hit me or you yelled at me? Because you, really, you didn't hit us when you were little. Oh, no, no. She, he said, don't hit your don't hit your child. And stop yelling at them. You shouldn't yell at them like that. <laughs> I thought, wow. Mm -hmm. No, he said, so, I don't know why he, he has a thing about that. He does not like to see me either, you know, yell at the kids. He says, stop yelling at them. You don't need to yell at them. Talk to them nice and soft and, you know, don't get them upset. You know, happy kids are 
They'll be happy when you don't yell at them all the time and don't, you know, don't get mad at them because they'll be happy kids. They'll grow up happy kids when you don't yell at your kids. I thought, wow, no wonder. No wonder I'm so always happy. <laughs> yeah. But that's where my happiness came from. I was always smiling. and. But I think another interesting thing is that, so when my mom left Ontario to move to Alberta, because I was born in Alberta, but all my family is from Ontario. My mom, both my parents are from Ontario. My brothers were born in Ontario. And your father told you not to trust the not to trust be the careful be careful for the be careful of the uh, of the things that people are doing like uh, the medicine mm-hmm. the bad medicine that people because in those days people were using bad medicine on people yeah he know? he said something about that people out here out out west are using bad medicine use bad medicine so he told you not to trust trust anyone yeah. from that's the first thing i was aware of when i was always told about when i came out here i got scared you know i didn't know whether i should really move <laughs> because we i when, didn't understand it when we got here like we you took us to powwow classes well you took me to powwow classes i did powwow classes for a little bit as a child and then we went to powwows and to events and to round dances, things here. Um, but we didn't do, <clears throat> we didn't go to ceremony when we were here. We didn't no. do those things. No. Um, and so, and so I think it was probably because of that. You were, you just assumed that everyone practiced bad medicine over here. And not only that, when I, when I moved from Toronto, I was working for um, I was working for Indian Affairs, and then working in my last job, I was working as a native court worker. And the first thing I did is when I when I got a job with Indian Affairs here in Edmonton, that was where I experienced or heard about bad medicine to be careful. Now I didn't even know understand it. I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. All these different uh, these different uh, natives that came in to get their status card. That's how I knew all about this bad medicine. And there's medicine man, bad medicine man. I didn't never understood what that was until I until other people that knew about it. You know. So you talked to people who came and get their status yeah. cards, and They're they the talked ones. to you about the bad medicine man. Yeah. So that's how I knew anything about this medicine. I never understood anything about medicine until I came out here. Because, well, that, so my mom used to tell me the story about her, so your mom's parents, Yeah. your great, your grandparents, my grand- on your mom's side. My great grandparents. Your, gra- your grandparents and your great grandparents on your mother's side. Yeah. You used to tell me the story about um, about them being bear walkers. Yeah, they're called bear walkers. And people in the community would call them bear walkers, and they were so afraid of them that they actually made them live on the outskirts of the city. Of the city, yeah. And I remember that you told me that funny... You told me that story. I remember you told me that story, and you were telling me that that people were afraid of them... If you cross them in any way, 
they your would life, curse you. Your, your life will be miserable. Your life would be miserable. They would curse you. So they were so afraid of them that they made them live on the outskirts of the city. Yeah. And and people called them bear walkers. And so even when you were a kid, people would call you a bear walker and you didn't understand I what didn't that meant. I didn't even understand it. No, I didn't even know what that was, bear walker. No one told me. And I still don't even know what exactly that means that term actually means i tried googling it just to see if i could google something and i never understood what that meant and we i ended up talking to someone from here and told them the story and said you know um they apparently were these people and they were called bear walkers and they were so afraid of them that they made them live on the outskirts of the city and of the community, it's not a city. Yeah. So they would make them live on the outskirts of the community. And I was telling someone here, and they and they said to me, "Those are medicine people. They were medicine people." Yeah. They. Because um, you've never, because my great grandparents, you've never seen them go to a doctor. They, you've uh, any time they were sick, they knew the medicine. They knew the medicine to to take. That's why maybe that's why uh, they were all ba- they were all mm-hmm. put way back. Kind of there banished because, yeah, to the outskirts because they were afraid of them. Because they, mm-hmm. you know, if they're never sick, there must be something about them, and they were really afraid of them. And I think that's where we talk about that colonization religion yeah, thing. Yeah, see, where they lived a more traditional life, and they were medicine people. And because of the religious people who believed, you know, like, oh, you know, that's not normal. That's not right. Yeah. That they must be, I guess, evil in some way. Yeah. They, they think they're evil. And so they kind of painted them in this picture of being, like, not natural and, and evil and kind of forced them to be on the outskirts of the city. They, they, well, some of the people were saying bad witches. That they were bad <laughs> witches? Yeah. <laughs> they're bad witches. Maybe maybe we should find out more about that story in Musini because there's a lot of people there's a lot of people in Musini that told us that story and never really everyone has a different story about about my great grandparents. But they lived is, to be very long. Like oh, they yeah. they lived to be very old. Like they they never once went to the doctor. If they got sick they knew how to help you and no, they, and even to... then, like when you, we talked about this before. So your five sisters, you and your five sisters. So, so no, you and your four sisters. That make five of you. You and your four sisters and your and your dad all got TB. Yeah. But somehow your mother was never, immune. Yeah. And she did not get TB. No, she never got sick. She was never sick. She never got sick. And what ended up happening was, she ended up getting. Um, ovarian cancer and dying because of that but she never went to the doctor she just always just had babies and babies and babies and i think you had mentioned that when you had talked to her one time and asked her how many kids how many because she had some miscarriages if if she had carried all of her children to term and had all her children yeah how many how many babies would she have had i asked her i said how many how many babies did you have all together she said 19 if and they, they were all lived, each they were after, like, every year. She had a baby. She was pregnant every year yeah. for 19 years. 
And she never once went to the doctor. No. And so finally, when she got sick and went to the doctor, they found out she had ovarian cancer that had already spread to her uterus. And yeah. by the time they caught it, it was her cancer was everywhere. Yeah, she never really got a checkup. Yeah, she never really... Uh, and she died at 58. 58, yeah. Of, uh, of cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why... So she was... You never heard... I've never heard of her being in a hospital or be, to be sick. That is... And she's the only child that my grandma had when uh, they were both... They were both alive... Mm-hmm. So, we were talking about this before. We're still talking about colonization and religion. Um, again, this is our family's history. It doesn't mean that this is the same for other people. They might have different stories. Stories, yeah. Um, so, I wanted to know more about how come... Where? How did you come about this decision that we were going to choose our own religion? Your children were going to choose their own religion, and you weren't going to force religion on them. The minister. I asked the minister. I said, uh, "Is it so?" What minister? The this uh, United Church minister. His name. How was, did you know him? His, his name is Don Mills, and we knew him through going to Toronto one day. We came to Toronto one day, and that's a, that's a, uh, my sister lived with this family and he, they were she was their living nanny right yeah living nanny for this so, minister yeah so one day we were asking the minister can I, when hilliard was born when my first son was born he uh, i asked him is should i should i baptize my child and his answer was the only time the only the only time you should really baptize your child is if you're going to support the church if you're going to have your child, if you're going to be, you know, supporting the child, or if the child's going to be, you know, attending a church. Like part of the church, become a all, member of the church. Yeah, that's all yeah. that is. So he said, it's entirely up to you, you know, to baptize your child. So your dad and I And this was a United it. Church minister. This is a United Church minister. I'm Anglican, you know, so he's, he's united. But your dad... So we got married in the United Church, so we figured, well, we might as well maybe baptize our kids kids in the United Church since we got married by that minister. But we figured, well, we have to really, we can't really make that decision for our kids since, you know, that I'm pretty sure they're going to want to choose their own religion. You know, it's better to have them choose their own religion because... Uh, that's the way we both we both decided that. So we figured, well, we're not going to baptize our kids unless they want to. They're they're old enough. You don't have to be a child to you know to be baptized. A lot of people are getting baptized when they're adults because mm -hmm. they want to join that religion. That's all baptismal is all about. Mm -hmm. Is joining that church. That's all that is. Mm -hmm. So we chose not to baptize our kids for that reason. My mother was so religious, you know, and. She said, how come you didn't baptize your kids? And I said, why? I said, we don't have... Let them choose what they want to be. But the mm -hmm. way she looked at her parents must have told her that. Your soul won't stay alive when you, if you don't get baptized. 
your soul is not going to live long. So I, I thought, well, I don't even know what a soul is. So I figured, well, you're going to die, you're going to die. You know, it doesn't matter what, what's not alive or what's going to keep you alive. That's mm-hmm. the way I looked at it. Is you're going to eventually die no matter when, you don't know when. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't thinking about it that way, mm-hmm. baptizing my kids. So I just left it at that. So we just, we agreed, your dad and I agreed, They can, you guys can choose whatever religion you want. So, so as I mentioned before, we lived in this townhouse and this yellow bus would come and we could get on it and we can go to Sunday school. But like I, I'm, I think I said before, I don't know when I said, but I, I think it was my mother's way of giving, getting free babysitting. Babysitting, yeah. <laughs> because we would go on a Sunday, the bus would come and we could just get on this bus. We didn't go all the time because again, the bus would just show up. Like you didn't have to register to go. No. The bus would just show up and stay there and then would leave at a certain time. So it would just kind of open its doors <laughs> And you would either get on the bus or not get on the bus, and then they would take you to Sunday school. You'd go to Sunday school, you'd come back, and they would drop you back off. And I remember that you would tell me, don't tell your dad. (laughs) Yeah, because he was against religion. Because my own religious belief growing up was, my dad was quite anti-religious. And I think it was just his experience with religion growing up, with his religion as an adult. And when they decided not to baptize us and let us choose, my dad was pretty anti-religious. And he kind of is now again, too. I mean, he has his own kind of, I guess, dark history with it. And so, I mean, I kind of grew up with that negativity. I mean, as an adult, I'm a little better now. Like, I'm not as, like, anti-religious, but um, I try to be more accepting. Like, you know, these are people's beliefs, you know, things like that. But um, my brothers grew up different than me. I mean, they they weren't even spiritual in any way. No. They don't even believe in any higher power. No. They both are very atheists. I would, I would say my brothers are atheists, yeah. whereas my own spiritual journey has been different. I mean, my my dad is my dad is non-native, and I say this because it is my belief he is non-native. Yeah. And his family, I think, is a little bit different belief than mine because they, um, my grandmother on my dad's side, I had only met her like three or four times in my life. And I didn't actually know any of his family growing up. I first met my grandmother when she was nine, when I was 19, when she was 19. I first met my grandmother when I was 19. And because my dad grew up in a foster home, we didn't know any of his family, we weren't raised with any of his family. So she kind of would tell us stories afterwards. And she had told me the first time we had ever met that she believed that she was fourth generation Ojibwe and third generation Cree. And it was because of this belief that I I did do some research because I love doing re- genealogy and I could not prove that either way. And, you know, being involved in genealogy even more, I've met some distant cousins who have also believed that they have some um, Aboriginal blood in them as well from our French, ancestry, our French ancestry because of the name of one of our ancestors, which... When the, when the French settlers would come, they would kind of give them wives, and then they would give them kind of 
names and they would be like Mary Magdalene or things like that. And so it was because of that that they believe that they still have ancestral, like Aboriginal blood. And because they come from Quebec, most likely, I think, would probably be Algonquin. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I haven't been able to prove it. So until I can prove it, I'm not going to acknowledge that. And it's not that I don't want to acknowledge being Native because I already am Native. Like, I don't need to... I don't need to prove that either way. Like, I can, I know I'm Native. Like, I, yeah, I know I'm Native. <laughs> and I was raised to be very proud to be Native, but yeah. So, my dad's side of the family is non-Native, and his, even his journey in life, or even my, our journey into discovering what he is, like, what his background is, has been kind of an up-and-down roller coaster, because... I once asked my dad because I was in elementary school and someone had asked me what I was. And I said, well, I'm native and I'm half white. And they said to me, you look native, so you're native. And I said, well, no, I'm half white. And they're like, no, but you look native, so you're just native. And I was just kind of really offended because I was thinking, how dare you try to tell me who I am? I'm going to tell you who I am. You're not going to label me. I'm going to label myself. Like, don't <laughs> you dare. I could sit there arguing with this kid, with this kid in my class. <clears throat> and it was so funny. So I went home. I asked my dad what we were. And my dad at the time had thought that we were Scottish. And so I was like, okay. And, and the reason why he thought we were part Scottish was he, his grandmother's maiden name was Hilliard, and he found out that yeah, Hilliard was a Scottish name, Scottish. <clears throat> last name, so he thought we were Scottish. So he even went out and bought this Scottish book of tartans and was like, see, and then we're part of the Stuart clan and stuff like that. And so again, I'm really into genealogy. This just piqued my interest even more. I wanted to find out. And then we learned more, and then he thought we were Dutch. So we thought we were Dutch for a while, but then I was like, you know what? I think my dad just doesn't know how to do this, this, this genealogy thing, because he's just kind of throwing these things out. And then after when I met my grandmother, you know, she thought that, you know, she was native, that she had this native blood. And then she also told me that her grandfather or her great grandfather was like Swedish, which my dad thought we were Swedish as well. He said yeah. we had Swedish ancestry. Again, I haven't been able to prove this at all. I mean, I'm still doing research. My dad's mom's side of the family is a little bit harder than my dad's dad's side of the family. <clears throat> so I finally figured it out. And the reason why they thought we were Dutch was because of our Kleinschauber last name. Yeah. And now that I've connected with other family members and really gotten into genealogy, <clears throat> I've been able to narrow it down. My last name is English. Um, <clears throat> the Greatrixes were from England. Yeah. Uh, Hilliard, there's two ways to spell Hilliard. There is, what's well, Hellyard? It's, there's a Scottish way and there's an English way. We're spelt the English way. So they're English. They're not Scottish. They're English. Yeah. <clears throat> So my dad's side of the family, the Kleinschaubers, are from Germany. Yeah. The Kleinschaubers are from Germany. And from my experience of doing research already, 
we know that they're from Gotha, Germany. And we know, like, how they immigrated to Canada and everything. So oh, yeah. we know so much information about them. Yeah. But <laughs> the my great-grandmother's mother was also English and a little bit French. And this is where this possible native ancestry might come in is because of her family and possibly might be have some native ancestry. Again, I won't acknowledge it until I can prove it. So... Okay. Because I grew up with all these different kind of things, I've always believed in Native spirituality. You know, I kind of grew up with friends. I kind of, you know, my mother would actually take me to events and I would talk to people. I remember I struggled in my teenage years. I've always had an anxiety disorder. I didn't know I had one, but I've always had one. And um, when I struggled more as a teenager, my mother would go and ask for help from elders. Yeah. And we asked elders because I used to have this problem with always, like I was always very depressed as a teenager. And so I'd get all this help from elders. <clears throat> so that's how my first connection was getting into reconnecting with my culture. But in that sense too, I kind of have always been aware that I am, even though I am native, I'm also non-native. And so I've always wanted, I've always wanted to connect with both. And I get very, I guess, uh, defensive when people try to make me choose a side choose sides because yeah. I want to be like symbiotic I want to be like together um but for my religious kind of upbringing because my mother always encouraged me to explore you know identify she told me that you know her and my dad came up with this decision when we were younger that they would never force religion on us that we would they would allow us to choose our own religion that I I really did explore that. I love to learn about religions. I, I like, I, I always take opportunity that if I meet someone whose religion is different than my own, I want to sit down and talk to that person. I want to learn about it. I want to understand what makes that religion, you know, like how it comes about, what are their customs? How do they do things? Like, I just, I love to learn about those things. And because, you know, I grew up with spirituality, I also started kind of leaning towards a more paganistic kind of viewpoint because if you look at even native spirituality, it's very paganistic as well. And so when did I start doing that? I think, was I 17 or 18, somewhere around there? I was probably 17 or 18 when I started going to... Um, where the fairies live. Yeah, where the fairies live. They had this thing called Fireside Chat. And so I started going there and I connected with a couple people there. For a long time, I actually was a practicing witch. And I think I was practicing, probably started when I was 17. Uh, I I'd never stopped. I just... I didn't formally stop, but I stopped. And it wasn't that, you know, I had been like, I'm going to stop because of this. It was just like, I just got so busy that I didn't, I didn't continue on with it because, um, you know, you celebrate the Sabbaths, you celebrate, um, 
certain seasons, you know, you have certain events that you go to and they had these things called learning circles and things like that. Well, actually at the time they weren't learning circles. They had started as learning circles. They continue to be learning circles now that you can go to. They're open to the public. My mother's had come to a couple of them with me. They're always on the Sabbath or they're near the Sabbath and we celebrate the Sabbath of the year. But it's actually, it, it is, I mean, it's not officially or in the dictionary as a religion, but it is a spiritual belief. And yeah, I did it for many, many years. And it was only because I just got so busy doing other things that I just didn't follow through after a while and kind of let it go. And so I guess it came back to that whole, what am I? You know, because I felt almost ashamed of being called a witch when I was native because I thought, that maybe perceptions of me should be, I should be more of a, um, I should be more native in my beliefs. And then, you know, because there's such a negative thing about being a witch, I thought I didn't tell people I'm a witch. And I, even now, it, even now, I don't really tell people that I am. And I don't even know if I would identify with being a witch. I think I would more identify with being paganistic because I I think that's my belief. And I think it's more so because again, I want to it's a it's a it's a belief of being symbiotic and and connected to nature and you know keeping that balance. And that's a, that's what we're that's what the um, our our culture is about too. Our religion. Yes, about being it's native. It's all being native. It's all the, to deal with, you know, the balance. Balance and, and balance within yourself. Yeah. Balance with nature. Balance with each it's other. Always with nature. Balancing with your community, and that's kind of the paganistic beliefs that I still believe in. And if you want to call someone a Wiccan, a witch, whatever, you know. I I kind of still walk this fine line between being a pagan and being native. Which, again, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to believe what I believe and yeah, do see, that. You choose what you want to be. What I want to be. Yeah. And I just, I just have a hard time choosing a label to call it. So I just want to be spiritual and I just want to walk this path. Yeah, I guess it's just, you know... My parents allowed me this opportunity to explore my religious beliefs and ex really self-identify what I would call myself. And I think I've really taken that opportunity and support. Like I said, I go to these open circles. I still go to them. Um, when they have events, I, I still attend them. And I bring my mother with me. Everyone knows my mom. <laughs> like I've said before, I do have an anxiety disorder, and so... I find meeting new people is actually very hard for me. I'd rather go to places that I know people. As long as I know one person there, I'm okay. I can move around. I can talk to people. I can interact with people. As long as I know one person there. If I don't know anyone, you'll most likely see me there with my mother. Because she's she's kind of like my tether. She's I, like she's like I my grounding know. force. That's true. Like Because every time you don't want to go somewhere by yourself because you don't know anyone. And for me... It's just natural for me where people, I don't know what it is. Do I have a magnet or what? But I, always, I make, you know, I could be by myself, not know anybody. Next thing you know, I got half of the people are my friends. 
I have, See, I, have, I affect people that way. I've always said this. My mom is one of those people that can walk into a room, doesn't know anyone, but by the time she leaves, she'll be friends with every single person in that room. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's just so that's why, I think that's why you drag me along, because I'm more like your, I'm more like, what's the word I'm looking for? Where I start, I start the uh, making friends, and then you follow me. Mm-hmm. You take over my friends after I'm finished with. The, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, it's almost. It, it, I always feel that way every time when we go to new places, or if you want to go mm-hmm. to a, a new. Well, let's say we want to go to a new native organization meeting. You know, I would take you along, and the next thing you know is your friends to all the people that I know in there already. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'd be saying, "This is my daughter." And now, when we go places now. That's the first thing you do. If you go by yourself to these places, that's the first thing they'll ask you. Where's your mother? <laughs> yeah. And if I go where's to this, where's your mom? Where's yeah. your mom? And if where's I go mama? to the, if I go to a meeting and I didn't bring you along, where's your daughter? You know, because we are always together when we go to these organizations. You mm-hmm. know. So. Yeah. So I'm still in this journey of. I wouldn't say my cultural identity and my religious identity are exactly aligned. I'm still trying to reclaim some of my cultural teachings. And it's through that that I've actually realized that I've had cultural teachings growing up all my life. I just didn't know what they were called. I didn't know what they were identified with. But there were a lot of cultural teachings that I still grew up with. And so, yeah. So, I mean, I always... I so. I guess in this colonization religion kind of, I guess, topic, I think my biggest message that I would tell people is at the end of the day, we're all individual and human we beings. We choose who we want to be. We choose who we want to be. Yeah. And the way we got here is our own path, is our own story, is our own kind of belief. And if you want to know something about a group of people, like you can go ask the elders of that people, but they can share their stories with you, but they can't give you a A, B equals C. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can't give you definite things. They can only tell you the stories and the teachings that and they grew up And how they grew up. Yeah. And how they grew how up. How they were raised. But if you meet one Native person, you can't assume that all Native people share that sure, same share history. Share that same history. And you can't say you know Native culture because you know one Native person or you've talked to one Native group of people. Group of people. Because we're, we're all different. We have different languages. We have different beliefs. There are some overarching tying themes like the medicine wheel and the four directions, four directions yeah. and things like that. Like even the medicine wheel, even the colors of the medicine wheel. If you look at different tribes, they're different colors. Like some people won't use black. No. It's a blue color or a brown color. It's a blue or brown. Black is black is what we call death or sadness. It, well, yeah, because then you have that. Because even if you look at the way it is here, it's white yellow red and black and that also symbolizes the life cycle right cycles yeah and so 
it's a constant cycle of a, of a circle of going around and life and death and yeah. rebirth and life and death yeah. and you know that's what you see that's why that that's why a lot of people see that as and you notice a lot of people always wear black when they go to funerals that's another thing too a lot of them make sure they wear black i remember my grandmother always saying that you know whenever now, what, a, is that a native thing or is that a religious thing that's a religious thing i think yeah, yeah it's got to be really well you know everyone they whenever so they you, used to so go you, to church yeah and then when there whenever there's a, a a funeral people always make sure make sure you wear black i used to hear that when i was a kid and see, and those are those things that, because you heard, you were talking about that, and I asked you, you know, is that a religious thing or a cultural thing? It's a religious thing, because... And and so, because if someone heard you that, they probably might assume that that's a cultural thing, because yeah. you're a Native person saying, this is what I grew up with. When they don't identify that, oh, that's that colonization religious belief, yeah, and not a cultural one. But that's just how you grew up. Yeah. And so I think it's distinguishing between those two and identifying that, you know what, because we're such a colonized people, a lot of those beliefs are still there. And I know that because the missionaries were the first ones that were teaching the uh, natives. So that's where that's where the religion started, too, is when the missionaries started uh, seeing all these, you know, tribes come in. They started teaching them like the missionaries are the ones that started this mm -hmm. this kind of a religion mm -hmm. if you ever wonder what we're doing with this podcast i'm doing a podcast i do a blog and i'm gonna work on doing filmmaking and so because i i, I love to tell stories i love to do stuff so i'm gonna be working on those three things and um yeah, so I'm going to put links to them if you want to check any of them out. Um, I've done documentaries in the past. Like I've said, my mom helped us with one called Reconciliation and Beyond. Um, we're still working on it. We want to put in some film festivals, so, you know, we're going to be submitting those. Hopefully by the end we can start putting it um, online for people to watch. Um, it's very, you know, I think it's a very important documentary for people to see. Um, I also want to do some funny things and, you know, really kind of get out there. So the podcast, you'll notice that I have a website for it. Um, I recently added ads to the website so you could see them. And because I am a Google um, partner, so anytime you go to our website and you're just on our website, the ads are on the website, how many views we get on the page, I get a certain percentage of that because of the ads that I put on there. And my hope is, is my mom got that personal experience money, which is the money they gave to residential school survivors to put towards education. And my mom is taking three courses, which has already spent all that money. Um, but my mom wants to continue going to school. You want to continue doing your English. Yeah. You don't want to, you're doing math and English and computers. You really don't want to do those three. You just want to basically work on your English. English and work on and learn more, get into um, doing computer. Yeah. Because I, I want to be eventually write stories about my life. Yeah. I want to write a book about myself. And so you want to, you want to finish your school. So my hope is is that the reason why I'm putting all these ads and these things on there is 
I would like to use our podcast and my blog as a way to raise money. And I'm probably going to start using my YouTube page in some way to raise money as well. Because I would like to do two things. One of them is I want to raise some funds to put towards my mom's school so we can pay for her school. Second one is we love to travel. So I think if we took our podcast on the road and, you know, went exploring We're places. Exploring places, yeah. Maybe even not even podcasts. Maybe we'll even take like, we'll document it. We'll make little short little documentaries Documents on of our, our, trips. Our, our trips. And I'm calling it my bucket list. Yes. Because I want to travel. Now, is you it know. your bucket bucket list or is it your travel bucket list? It's going, no, it's, yeah, it is going to be a travel bucket list we because create, I love traveling. I love to travel too. So we should create a travel bucket list of where the places that we want to travel. We'll post it on our Solid Matrix website. All these trips that we've been doing. Yes. Yeah. And we will... Yeah, well, we'll post our, our travel bucket list, and then maybe we'll figure out a way to share that with people. But before we get there, we need to be able to raise money to go. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to create our bucket list. We're going to put it online. We're going to show it to you. And please just share our our links. Um, follow us on Twitter. Um Get people to come to our page and listen to our podcast. Even if you don't listen to it, at least come to our website and read our bucket list and things like that. So, yeah, so that's our episode this week. I know it's kind of heavy. We try to finish off light and talk about our mm -hmm. podcast. Um, no one kind of commented this time to give us a question or or, um, or something to talk about or, you know, what they wanted us to say. Please, we like our com we like the comments. We we like um, like you to ask us questions. We'll share our our beliefs, you know, our opinions about it. But we're just remember, we're only two people in a vast culture of people. So we can only give you our opinions, our beliefs, our understanding of them. But don't take that as the opinion for all. Good. Okay? Good. All right. See you oh. till next time. See you next time.